welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. And then you can join the thousands upon thousands, seriously, thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let's check the analytics for this month of August. Big uh, USA at the top of the list, of course. Let's see, we got Nigeria and Australia, Nambia, New Zealand, Philippines, Canada, the UK, Denmark, Latvia, Malaysia, Norway. One of them, it just has a flag I don't recognize in South Africa on the board for the month of August. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in and helping us spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. What a day that we're living in. Amazing. Well, I hope you didn't forget. I hope you didn't forget we're in a series. Do you remember what it is? Doorways to Deceptions. Doorways to Deceptions. What a long series. What a long... Holy Spirit, are you trying to tell us something? What is the deal here? Uh, That tells me it's important. Very important for us to admit and recognize that the devil at times has found his way into our lives and has been able to affect us. Now... It's not always him, as we know that we are responsible for many things as well. But see, that's the thing. This is this is probably a a statement that needs more development, but I'll say it. The power is in the choices that we make, the choices that you make. We're given information, and from that, it's then up to us to make an informed decision, a choice. Now I'm talking about in our Christianity. We know that um, things don't just happen. There are choices that we make. And, uh, well, sometimes we are given information from the enemy as well. And when you don't know the truth, it becomes very easy to be deceived in a number of things. You'd have a hard time knowing that you're being lied to if you never did know the truth, right? And that's what the devil's banking on, that you'll, you'll never get to truly know The truth, now I'm talking about the truths that are found in God's word, that can cover every single area of your life, and they do. So he comes in and he says what he says, and uh, all he's looking for is to trick you, to deceive you into believing and agreeing with him what has been said, and then that opens up a doorway for him to have access to affect our lives. So we've been taking a lot of time in this uh, so that we can be sure that we are identifying the ways that he's doing that. How is he deceiving me? How is he lying to me, trying to trick me? Because that's what he has to do. Now, we wouldn't just up and agree with him, and he knows that. So, um, in knowing that, then he's, he's, had, he's had, what, thousands of years to um, master this craft. So, he has to come in a form of deception. He's figured that out about us, about us humans. But that's the trick, right? If you're deceived, you don't usually know it, right? 
But we're changing that here through this series of podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, just catching this one by chance for the very first time, do yourself a big, big favor. Go back, listen to the previous podcasts on this topic. They build one upon another. It's going to be important for you to have that information. And uh, I think today, as I, as I mentioned, I believe we're at the 23rd podcast in this particular series on this subject, Doorways to Deception. We've covered a lot of ground in 23 weeks. I never thought it would come to that, but here we are. And uh, we have found ourselves now on this topic of healing of miracles. That's where we're at. Divine healing, supernatural healing, if you will. Now, the last time that we were together, we had to first address this, that you must do away with any notion that God has anything to do with sicknesses, diseases, pain, physical suffering in the body. He does not commission it. He does not sanction it. He does not cause it. He does not use it to teach or to test, to punish. He doesn't strengthen his best warriors with it. Whatever else that we've heard that would tie back to God in conjunction with sickness and disease, no. We saw a lot of things that said it's of the devil. Now, I don't know why this is a hard concept at a very basic level. And I'm talking... uh, um, children's church level, God, good, devil, bad. Sickness and disease, bad. But it's from God who's good. No, come on, come on. Basic level. There is a devil. There is a devil, right? If we have a God, there's. if we have good, we have evil, right? Why is this such a hard concept? I don't ever see anybody point a finger down towards their feet and say, why? Why is this happening? It's always pointed at the sky, pointing towards God with accusations. Um, guys, we see a lot of things that says it's of the devil. Now, here's Jesus only doing the will of his father. Healed them all for our example. Now, many may want to reference the Old Testament and how it's worded, and it says things like God God caused, or God gave, or God did this, God did that. Well, for one, we can just start here. You're not part of the old covenant, okay? We can start there. Uh, we have a Jesus now. We're on this side of the whipping post, by the way. Of course, we're on this side of the cross, but we're, did we forget the whipping? And simply put, now if we go back into the Old Testament, who got what? Who got what? If it was God, and you think God did do it, I don't. But if you do, who got what? Was it the obedient children of God who were getting sick, getting diseased, getting attacked? Or was it the rebellious who mocked God, who didn't follow him, who who served other gods and turned their backs and worshiped idols? So even if you're one that thinks that God did or does, who got what? That's something to look at, right? Now, I covered that in in a previous podcast. You have to go way back. I believe that's in a series titled Questions, and you can go back and find that one, and I explain it very, very well to you, the language used in the Old Testament about that. You have to go back. It's way back there in the early days, but go find it. You'll see what I'm saying. If you're one that struggles, you you should take the time to go find it. Uh, But here we are. So we had to start with, okay, you got to know it's not from God so that you can know what to receive into your life as a part of God's plan and what it is that you need to reject with all that is in us. Now, as a doorway to deception, it is, uh, sure, God can heal. 
uh, but it's just not his will to heal you or them. So we see many today who just use personal experiences on this. Well, we prayed and they died anyway, so it's not God's will. Well, I still have cancer or this or that, so it's just, it, it can't be God's will. Did you know that your personal experiences will never change the word of God, but the word of God can and will change your personal experiences? Oh, yeah, real quick. Do you agree, do you agree um, that it is the will of God that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the Son of God? Do you agree that God so loved the world that whosoever, anybody who wanted to can be saved? I mean, the worst of the worst could make a decision to be born again, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, anybody, everybody, right? But wait a minute, well, no way, no way, because I know a whole lot of people who are not yet born again. So I must conclude it can't be God's will for everyone because not everyone is born again. You see where I'm going with this? It doesn't change the will of God for mankind. Remember when I said choices? It is his will that all would be. So it is with healing. You're going to have to get it settled right now beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is absolutely the will, the will of God to heal everybody all the time, every time. I didn't say everybody receives their healing 100% of the time, every time, all the time. I said it is his will that they would, just like in the topic, the most important topic of salvation. If there's a choice involved in salvation, would it be a far stretch to say there's a choice to be made in healing? Would it be that far of a stretch? If you're going to trust the most important thing, our eternal salvation, to a choice, and yet we just say, well, God ought to just heal me. Well, God didn't just save you. If it's going to be based in a choice, the most important thing, healing's right there with it. Listen, if you can't get this one, it's going to be really hard for you to be able to receive a healing. So you need to follow me here. Let's look at Abraham. What did it say about him in Romans 4, 20 and 21? He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. No, he, listen, he was fully persuaded. Now, listen, you remember he did not have a full understanding of how. He was questioning the methods and the science, if you will. You remember that? I'm too old. She's too old. She's barren. He didn't have an understanding. What he had was faith. Faith in the source. If God said it, then he is able to do it then. I don't know how. I just know he can. Your job is to believe, people. The devil is looking to get you to always question God's word. He wants you to engage in questioning so he can start to dissect it out with human reasoning and human knowledge. How's that ever going to happen? You give me an example of when that's happened before. Well, I can't. That's never happened before, so how now and why with you? It doesn't make any sense here. You need to be logical. It, it, it took place right away with Eve in the garden. Has God really said, though? That's what he's still doing today. And he will send people across your path who will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I already, I already tried that. I already tried that, and it didn't work for me, so 
And I love when somebody says, you know, they, they were the best Christian that I ever knew and they still didn't get healed. They, they were a faith giant. They had more faith than anybody that I had ever met. Let me explain something to you. Did you know that you could have, we could call it great faith in one area and not in another, right? You may be a faith giant in Jesus being your savior. God, it settled. You could never tell me I'm not born again and yet know nothing about healing. You may know something about finances and how God provides, and I've seen that manifest, and man, I am a giver, and he gives back unto me, and I have seen it, and man, I have just worked it, and it works, and yet have no faith for a physical miracle in your body. The devil will be sure to send people across your path who will seem way more knowledgeable than you, been in it longer, and he will be sure that they speak into your life and make you feel unqualified and honestly stupid really, because, hey, it didn't work for me, so why do you think it's going to work for you, silly? You and I know this. We are not to ever be moved by natural circumstances. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings, not by general consensus. We are moved only by the word of the living God, period. God said it, that settles it. And all you need is a mustard seed faith, right? People, people get so weird with this. I, I just don't have faith for that. I, I just don't have faith for that. And what they mean is, is I can't see how that can happen. I, I don't see how God is going to make that happen. I just, I can't see it. So let me jump in here with this. Not, not exactly where I thought it was going to go, but I believe Holy Spirit is trying to show you something. Because I, I think we say things like, yeah, I believe that, that God can do. I believe that God can do. And that's when we can see how God could possibly use this and that and make it happen through something that we are familiar with. Uh, for instance, I could see how, uh, yeah, I see how God could provide that need. He could give me favor at the bank with the banker, right? I've heard people ask for prayer for that. Um, I, see, I see how that could happen. Uh, God opened up uh, the top specialist surgeon in this particular area, and I was able to get in. I see how God could do that. I, I'm able to get in uh, where others couldn't get in, and this top surgeon, this specialist, is going to work on me, and I can see how that could happen. When, when we can see how God could possibly use this and that and make it happen through something that we're familiar with, I can see how he could do that by doing this, that, and the other. But when it comes to, well, I'm trying to believe God, but I cannot see any way in this world how he could ever make that happen. That's where we fail. The disciples said to Jesus one day, Lord, increase our faith. What are they saying? We need bigger, bigger faith. We need more faith. We need a big, big faith. We need a big amount of faith. I think they were thinking like many of us, if I just had more faith for that. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You took my big, big faith and you squashed it all the way down to a, a mustard seed? Wait a minute. Just a, So we know that's very tiny. And, and here's what he was trying to say. If you'll just use the little bit of faith you had, you can have a miracle. Well, see, I don't think I have any. Well, you do. Watch this. Mustard seed faith is this. Okay, Lord, I... I don't know how, I don't know where, 
or who or when. I, I can't see how you're going to piece that together and get all the right players in the right place at the right time. I can't see that ever happening. I don't have any explanation or knowledge on how God could ever possibly work all this out, but I trust the source that God, if you said it, you're going to do it. No, I don't know how, but I know he will. That's mustard seed faith because here's the thing. You would never say to me, Donnie, no, God cannot do it. God cannot do it. He can't. There's just no way, no how. You would never say that. You would at least say this. Well, I mean, all things are possible. Well, then that leaves the door open for a miracle because you're saying, well, it is quite possible that he could, couldn't he? No, I don't know how, but I couldn't say that he could never. So then you're saying he possibly could? That's mustard seed faith, people. We cannot hold captive our healing through somebody else's experiences. We cannot hold captive somebody else's healing through our own experiences. Nobody had ever been healed by touching the hem of the garment until somebody was. Nobody was healed. Listen, that woman did not stop and say, so what do you guys think? Should I just... I have this plan, and I think that I know there's so many people around him all the time, and you know everybody's always trying to get his attention. But I think I have this plan that I think if I could just get in there real quick, and I think if I grab the hem of the garment, just tug on the end of his robe, I'm going to be healed. They would have said, "No, no, um, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that." No, you need to get his attention, and he'll lay his hands on you. I mean, you think about it. Come on, you got it. You think about this. That's amazing. What an amazing thing. Nobody, she couldn't live that through somebody else's experience. Nobody had ever been healed touching the hem of the garment until somebody was in chapter 5 of, of Mark. And by chapter 6, it says something very interesting. All who touched were healed. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Nobody was healed through handkerchiefs and aprons until somebody was. Nobody was healed by somebody's shadow until somebody was. Stop making the determination that it just cannot happen because I know somebody who knew somebody and it didn't work for them. So what? You know this to be true. We do not know all the story of that particular person, I promise you. And, and I'm thinking of a particular situation that I heard as a young man um, before I really fully grasped uh, healing. But I know a woman at church that I used to go to a long time ago. She came down with cancer. And, and this woman was a pillar of the church, right? Loved by all, uh, awesome prayer warrior, really just a sweetheart, um, amazing prayer warrior and loved people, knew God as a healer, prayed with people that needed prayer, you know, had seen things and just amazing. And so here she is, and she's saying things at church that I know my God is going to heal me. I know he is. And you guys pray for me, pray for me. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a miracle. And people were just like, she has such great faith. This woman is so amazing. I mean, have you seen the things that this woman has done in this church? And she walks in there with cancer, with a smile on her face. And is like, I know my God is going to heal me when we'd see her on Sundays. And she died. And people were so upset with God and questioning why and how could this be? She was such a faith giant and why, God, why? Um, 
guess what she was saying at home? No, I know because I was told, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. It won't be long now. This cancer is getting worse. And, and Guys, you never know someone fully. I'm talking in their heart. Stop with all this. Nobody can know truly somebody's heart, just the parts that they allow you to see. They may have not forgiven someone, maybe hating on somebody, maybe saying the right things but not really meaning it at all. Secret issues. You don't know. God and they know what allowed that destruction to occur. And the other thing is this. It seems to me that the modern-day church is using sickness and disease as the new Holy Spirit. I mean, think about this. Well, God gave this to me to guide me back into the Bible. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think about this. He, he put me, he, he, I've heard people say this a lot. Uh, God gave this to me to guide me back into the Bible and where this is and that is. And I'm telling you, if it hadn't have been for me being laid up for five months, I never would have seen that. Well, I thought it was Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. And you're also telling me that you just didn't have any other way to have time in five months to look at your Bible so God had to cause an accident to make that happen? No. It was you that dropped the french fry down into the seat and digging around for it and ran the stop sign and wrecked. You want to tell me that was God's plan to get you to read your Bible? Teaching me. No, that's Holy Spirit's job. Well, he was trying to... um, really relay something to me and show me. No, that's Holy Spirit's job. Stop making sickness and disease the new Holy Spirit. Stop doing that. God cannot do it those ways because he has committed himself to do it through Holy Spirit. Now, sure, I bet you did open that Bible when you ran out of other things to do and you finished that season on Netflix and there you were bored out of your mind. So yeah, I guess I'm going to read my Bible since I can't walk. And wow, you found something in there, didn't you? Amazing. No, you need to be fully persuaded. God is faithful. God is faithful. No, not to do it in a way that your mind thinks is okay. And this is how you got to do it, Lord. What about the impossible being made possible? We know believers lay hands on the sick. We are familiar with prayer cloths and prayers. We know some methods that were used in the Bible and how Jesus healed and the disciples and the apostles. But what are the other ways that God may choose to do it this time? Could you rest in that? How about those people that they told that day, hey, Peter's coming by. Man, we know Peter's got an amazing ministry. You know, we've heard some stories about Peter. Uh, Yeah, he's done some things. Amazing. Let's get out there. Well, no, we're just going to lay you in the street. And Peter's just going to walk by and his shadow's going to fall on you. Oh, oh, well, I'm not going out there. I, I, thought, I thought you meant that he was going to stop by and talk to us and, and pray with us and lay hands on us. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I think I'm going to stay inside. I'm not going to go out for that one. What about the other ways? Uh, hey, listen, I, I'm, a friend of mine is very tormented by demons. And uh, man, just his body's been ransacked with sickness and disease and this demonic thing keeps manifesting. Well, I'm gonna, well I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, the Apostle Paul. Oh, yes, have him come. No, no, no. I'm going to go uh, cut off a piece of his shirt and bring that to you. Why? Why would you do that? Well, handkerchiefs and aprons have been being taken from his body, and when they're placed upon the sick, the evil spirits leave and people get healed. Oh. No, I mean, I thought you meant he was going to come and talk to this buddy of mine, you know. 
what about Jesus? He spit. Now, that was rare. We don't see the apostles doing that one that we know of. Um, but my point is, he did do it. And if you want to get your head involved, you could say no way. So let me give you a little bit of a rundown as a reminder, because we're talking about deceptions that can cause or keep you locked into sickness and disease. I've seen many come for prayer for healing, and they're going to come in with some preconceived idea on how God is going to do it. And when faced with something else, they bail. That's having faith in methods and not in God. Listen, this is tricky. It's tricky because we do know the methods and they are biblical. But I want you to look at this great example that they gave us in the Bible in Mark 7. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they begged Jesus, put your hands on him. So here we are, we see these men. They had gone and they had obviously, they'd seen Jesus obviously laying hands on people before and they saw that these people were being healed. And that happened. They, th- that happened. So they're like, okay, we see that. Let's go get our friend. And so they do. And I'm sure they're like, listen, there's this man named Jesus. And when he touches people, miracles happen. We saw it. We were there. And so we want to get you to him because he'll do the same for you. He's going to do the same for you. We saw this leper healed when he touched him and this and that. And that, we saw it happen. So we, we're going to get you to him. And so they do. And they're like, Jesus, please, we're begging you. We have our friend here. Please lay your hands on him. He can't speak, and he's deaf. And so we know, we, we've seen it. Please lay hands on him and heal our friend. No, wait. Now, is the laying on of hands biblical? Was this request something unbiblical? Of course not. Absolutely biblical. We know believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We know it was the method that Jesus probably used more so than any other. We saw the apostle Paul later saying that the doctrine of laying on of hands is basic Bible 101. So the request was something they were very familiar with. They saw that they had faith in that particular method, not biblically incorrect, but situationally incorrect. God was going to have Jesus do something else that was way far out, right? Not a biblical doctrine later mentioned by Paul. Not something that Jesus said is a part of the Great Commission, right? Believers will go forth and spit upon the sick and the sick will be made wet and well. I suppose that could have been baptisms and healing all in one. No, lay hands on him, please, Jesus. And he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Epaphtha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Not faith in the methods of healing, but rather in the healer himself. Do not fall into that deception that it's just got to be this way or no way at all, even though the method is absolutely biblical. And again, I'm not talking about stuff that's not of God. We know better. Paying for miracles? No. Using new age crap mixed in? No. You have to be so persuaded that it is God's will to heal that no matter the way he chooses, if I understand it and recognize it or not, I have to know that I know that this one thing to be true, my God is a healer. Know the methods. Learn them. Be ready to use them. At the same time, 
always being open to a God in which nothing is impossible. And he may just have you spit. He, he may have you have a cloth taken from your shirt. He may just have you say, such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus. He may say, hey, you go your way and such as you believed, be it unto you. He may say, get in my shadow. He may say, go dip seven times. Walk across town to the pool and wash the mud off your face and you're gonna see. Not faith in the methods, faith in the healer. That's my point today for you to fully know that no matter what, I can be fully persuaded. It is so much the will of God for me to be healed. He will always find a way or he will even make a way where there had not previously been a way before. I may be the very first one to get it this way, and that's okay. Why? I'm trusting him, and I can tell you one thing for sure. I am leaving this encounter with God, with my miracle. Come on, friends, don't don't fall into that deception. Well, it's just got to be this way or that way, even though it's biblical. And don't be deceived into the, well, we already tried it this way and that way, and it didn't work for us, so it won't work for you. No, it's the will of my Father God for me to have it. And nobody's going to keep it from me, period. Because even if I don't understand the who, the what, the why, the when, the where, and the how, I do know this. I am trusting the source. The Lord, my God, who heals me. I know it today, people fully persuaded. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Hey, until next time, I'm fully persuaded that I will attempt the ridiculous and I will achieve the miraculous. Hey!